On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, he was a family man with an elite arm. We look back at the life and career of new Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame inductee, Jimmy Rattlesnake. Welcome to episode 157 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. In an era where fans packed ballparks in Alberta by the thousands to watch games and tournaments, Jimmy Rattlesnake was a headliner. His reputation was second to none, and his accomplishments have been recognized in many ways over the years. But there is no higher honor in this country than to be named to the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. And earlier this week, famed historian Bill Humber made it official. Jimmy Rattlesnake was made a part of the class of 2021. Few stories, however, are as compelling as that of Jimmy Rattlesnake from the Cree First Nation in Masquatlux near Edmonton. Between the wars, his mixture of pitchers bedeviled opponents as he played throughout Western Canada and the American Northwest. He rejected a major league tryout, choosing to remain close to home, but he later took the mound against barnstorming major league ball players visiting the West in the offseason. Western Canadian teams lined up to sign him for the era's prize money tournaments, which dotted the baseball calendar of Alberta and Saskatchewan between the wars. Humber later joined the ceremony's MC Mike Wilner to talk about Rattlesnake's selection. Jimmy Rattlesnake. Here's a guy who could have gone to the big leagues but wanted to stay uh, near the First Nations in, in, yep. uh, around Edmonton. That's, that's some story. It's, a, it's an amazing story, and it's the kind of story that you think, this has just got to be a legend. There's got to be more myth here than reality. And I did some digging into the newspapers uh, of Edmonton, an area in Western Canada, and it's all true. It's all spectacular accomplishments in a variety of different places. Jimmy, um, Jimmy was, would sell his uh, abilities, as it were, to the highest-paying team in the multiple numbers of of tournaments that were held in Western Canada between the wars. I mean, big money tournaments were the were a big deal in Western Canada. He played all over the West and even in the American Northwest. And he even played against major league ball players when they came barnstorming through the West. So his story, I think there's lots more still to uncover. Uh, this is this is a wonderful story. And I'm really hopeful that that his uh, induction brings more of the story out because it's it's an incredible one for this this Cree man from uh, northern Alberta. Earlier this week, I had the opportunity to chat with Jimmy's daughter, Phyllis, who shared some stories and some memories. My name is Phyllis Rattlesnake. I am the daughter of the late, great Jimmy Rattlesnake, who was a baseball great. And um, I'm very proud of my father's legend. And I have been involved in many of his uh, inductions. As Jimmy Rattlesnake's children, we had the opportunity to have known him as our father, whom we love very dearly. And he was a legend. A legend who will remain in history books through events like this one. Our father was a kind and humble man filled with laughter. Being the down-to-earth person that he is, he spoke very little of his professional career. And our late mother, Isabel, whom we lost in 1993, did relate some stories to us, as well as many of our father's friends, team players, and fans. We continue to carry his legend as a baseball pitcher by sharing our stories. My dad was one of the 
first Canadian and Aboriginal Cree athletes to achieve success through his natural athletic ability as a southpaw baseball pitcher. He played in the major leagues in the United States and was one of the best to come out of Western Canada. And because of that, he was in demand all over. He was most famous for what we call the sawdust ball. He would pitch the ball straight for home plate, and just before he got there, the ball would do a drop and a curve. And of course, they, he, the batters would miss it. <laughs> and he would have a he would have a big laugh, and he'd hit his knee and go down and laugh because he struck him out. He thought that was just hilarious. And uh, this is our favorite story of our dad. Laurel Harney, who was one of our dad's friends and team players, also said Jimmy was good. He played with Brooklyn, and back in the day, being scouted and chosen to play in the big leagues was a huge accomplishment. I say that because back then we were confined to the reserves and we had to get a pass. Mm -hmm. So he accomplished this, and I just wanted to throw that in there. Um... Mr. Harney felt honored to have known our father and also said Jimmy loved baseball and he respected the people he played with and against. He showed great sportsmanship and was a gentleman in the game of baseball. So in recognition of our father's contribution to baseball, I'd like to mention some of his uh, acknowledgments and awards. In 1974... Jimmy Rattlesnake was named as a lifetime member into the Alberta Baseball Association's honor roll and was inducted into the Edmonton Hall of Fame. In 1985, an award was named after him and presented at the Intercontinental Cup where Harold Northcott was honored with this award that took place at the John Ducey Park in Edmonton. Baseball Canada, who oversaw this event, is now the custodian for future presentations for the Jimmy Rattlesnake Award. Again, in 1987, they presented the same award at their banquet held in St. John's, Newfoundland, and again in 1994 in Quebec. Again in 1987, on September 23rd, at on our reserve, Jimmy's home territory, the Ermiskin Reserve, in Muscochise, a sports building was built and named after him. And it still stands there today. In 1988, his story was presented in the book called To Run with Longboat that spoke of the smiling rattler and was written by Brenda Zeman uh, in partnership with Willie Littlechild, who was a great advocate for my father's legend. To this day, the Ermanskin Schools present the Jimmy Rattlesnake Athletic Award to future great athletes. And I'm proud to say that some of our children have received that award. Mm -hmm. My dad, Jimmy Rattlesnake, was fondly known as the Smiling Rattler and will always be remembered as a man of outstanding athletic ability combined with great sportsmanship. We lost our father in 1972 and us kids were all still very young. But now as adults, my brothers and sisters, we all run into elderly people who speak very highly of him. And they relate to us yet another great story about our dad. And he, they talk about how he broke his catcher's fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the elders that have uh, played catch for him are gone now. 
So we've been kind of struggling with to try and get more stories for our father's legend. Mm-hmm. Just when uh, this induction uh, ceremony was done, they put out uh, his uh, little story about my dad into the local newspaper called the Wataskan Times Advertiser. Mm-hmm. So I carried it around with me, and this paper had his picture, and of course being proud of my father's legend, I carried it around. And I happened to be at the local glass shop. And I went in there, and the elderly couple were in there. I said, this is my dad. The lady got all excited and beamed with joy, saying that she remembered when she was four or five years old that her dad used to bring this man home to play ball in their backyard in Millet. She blurted out, I love that man while her husband is standing beside her, <laughs> just <laughs> grinning away and laughing. <laughs> she grasped my hand and held it tightly, saying to me, it's an absolute honor to meet the daughter of the great Jimmy Rattlesnake. So, you know, these types of encounters really brings a lot of pride and joy for a father's memory. One of the questions I had for you, um, obviously this week the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame officially inducted your father into their hall. What does that honor mean to you and to your family to know that the not just he's being honored, but also that the stories of his father are starting to come back out again? Well, of course, we're all very proud, right? And we try to relate that to our children. Um, there, we have a family of 10 siblings, but there's only myself and three brothers left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've lost five sisters and one brother. The oldest brother was the one who uh, used to, my dad used to try and uh, teach him how to pitch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they were close. And yeah, when people talk, ask us and talk to us, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you're the daughter, you're the daughter. I didn't know that. So I'm a pensioner now. (laughs) I'm getting up there in age myself. (laughs) But yeah, my dad was my hero. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, even before I ever knew he was a baseball great. Well, you know, from a girl perspective, you know, you love your dad, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask about that side of it, too. I mean, we hear all the baseball stories, but from a dad perspective, from a human being perspective, tell us a little bit about him. What was he like when, when he was away from the park and when he was when he was at home with the kids? Oh, he was a hard worker. Uh, back then, you know, growing up, we had... Uh, no, we had power, but we had no heat. So he would be out there chopping wood, you know, we had a horse and wagon. And he'd be out there chopping wood and putting the, keeping the house warm with a burning furnace. Mm-hmm. And he'd make his bed beside the furnace and keep keep the house warm. Mm-hmm. And he worked hard. He, we had cattle. And my, him and my, my mom used to go out hunting. I remember rations were being given out, but he did his part because he there was local farmers. We live just on the edge of the Irmiskin Reserve, mm-hmm. and we're surrounded on just the other side of the road by farmers. So he would make his way, make friends with those farmers, and go work for them. And in return, they would give him flour, eggs, meat, you know, staples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he'd bring food home, and he, he was always working, providing for the family. Well, and it yeah. sounds as though that was something that was near and dear to his heart, was the family side. Like, I, I've heard stories of how 
Uh, he could have gone to the major leagues kind of thing, but he said, you know what, I want I want to stay home. That was the the family aspect was very important to him, obviously. Yeah, um, before any of us kids were born, um, he had a first wife, and that wife lived with his parents, and he was being taken out to play ball across the border and all across Canada. Mm-hmm. So he was not home, and he didn't have children with his first wife. So he traveled a lot, right? Mm-hmm. This is a story I get from an elderly lady that has now passed on. And she used to call me her daughter because her younger sister was the one that married my late dad. That oh, was okay. his first wife. So she always called me her daughter. Now she's passed on. And I didn't know that. I always wondered why she called me the dance. That's uh, Cree for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And then I asked her one day and she told me. And mm-hmm. I said, well, that's really good to know. I didn't know that. I said, I love all you kids, she told us. Because your dad was a very good man to my my sister, mm-hmm. a good player, baseball player. Mm-hmm. And I guess what happened there was uh, TB, struck the, uh, there's a TB epidemic. Mm-hmm. And it wiped out a lot of people, including my dad's family. So with him being away, it's, he saved himself. He was the only one left. Mm-hmm. So he was lonely for his family, but they didn't, they perished. Unbelievable. And that's really sad, no mm-hmm. way. I wish I would have known his family. I understand as well. Many in your family have taken on the the athletic trait. Is that something that he was always trying to get you kids into, or was it just a a natural thing that everybody wanted to get into sports? It was just natural. Like, um, growing up, we played ball. Like, the neighbor's kids would come and play with us, make our own little ball diamond, and he would just have a, real nice day showing us and teaching us and we'd go out to our neighbor's kids and we'd play at their little ball diamond homemade stuff eh? mm-hmm. we used to take trees and shape bats out of them <laughs> <laughs> my dad used to do that eh? and he was really encouraging and he was really happy when we were playing i'm curious my final question for you here what do you think your dad would have said about all of the honors, whether it's Wetaskiwin Hall of Sports Hall of Fame, whether it's a Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame? What do you think he would have thought or said about all these honors being bestowed upon him? Well, like I said in, when I was reading my speech there, he, he was a very humble man. He um, never spoke too much about his career with us. Like he didn't brag about it. There was mm-hmm. other people that told us. And if he was alive and getting honored, I think he would have probably tried to stay away. He would probably have to <laughs> drag him to his ceremony, you know. He was just very humble, down to earth. Sounds like a very phenomenal human being, all in all. Phyllis, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I was also able to connect with Jimmy's grandson, Orrin, who has also heard many stories passed down generation to generation. Oren, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Jimmy was your grandfather. From a story perspective, tell us about what you remember of him or some of the stories that family talks about when it comes to Jimmy. Um, they told me he was really, he was a really good ball player. And as much as my dad told me, my dad told me as much as he could about him and 
I remember this story he told me about there was um, a little round piece of broken glass in a window. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a round piece of glass. And he told my dad that, watch, I can throw it through that hole without breaking anything. And he threw it through that wall, that, that broken piece of glass. Huh? He went like straight through it. When it comes to... S- uh, his love of the game were there there stories about how much he loved it or you know some of the the things that he accomplished and the things that he did over the course of his career that were passed down uh, generation to generation oh yes my um, my all my family my cousins and my uncles we are like we are it, it is passed right down like it is like because um, we all love baseball and we all have our own ball teams and um, we're like, it's, it's, uh, what do you call that? My dad talked about that he loved baseball a lot and he loved his family. He would, he would go out to play ball to make money to feed his family. Hmm? Yeah, and he, he loved ball a lot. My dad used to talk about it a lot that since my dad is gone, you know, like, it was passed down a lot of generations, but talent, the talent is there automatically. It comes naturally, I mean, in, in the family, like generational. Were you an athlete as well? Yeah, yeah, I still play ball. I, I still play ball. Did you ever hear the stories of him going pro or trying to go pro, or was that something that he always kept sort of in the back of his mind because he, he wanted to stay close to home? Yeah, he, um, he, he, he did want to go pro, and then there was, um, he got, he was like, he got very homesick. That, from what I heard, he mm-hmm. got home out, and I think it was Victoria. Hmm? Victoria is where, that's the story I was told that he went played pro over there, and he was found walking down the street homesick. He wanted to come home. This week, the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame officially inducted him. Um, what does that honor mean to your family? It means a lot to us. It means a whole lot. Um, I have a cousin named Jim Rattlesnake. Um, actually, I will get him to get a hold of you. He looks exactly like my like my grandfather, Jimmy. Yeah, he looks exactly like him. And he's just as good, probably as good as ball player as he was. Mm-hmm. What do you think your grandpa would have said about that honor? Uh, he would have been proud as, as much as I know about my grandfather. He was really proud of his family and he was proud of his accomplishment and everything he did. What kind of grandfather was he or what kind of father was he, according to the stories, you know, just away from the baseball park? What did you hear about him from a, from a home life perspective? He was a really good, hardworking guy and he loved his family. He loved his sports too. Really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Our final guest this week is Alberta Dugout Stories co-founder Ian Wilson, who penned a great feature on Jimmy Rattlesnake, which you can read on our website. Ian, thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Joe. How have you been? It has been a time and a half, and i got to tell you, Ian, it's nice to slow down and start to kind of reflect on what's happened over the past 12 months or so, but even beyond that, what's happened last week. And uh, you've been very, very busy when it comes to doing as much research as possible when it comes to Jimmy Rattlesnake. Take us back to the beginning, because I tend to remember 
that you were actually trying to work on this story even before it was announced that Jimmy Rattlesnake was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he was a he was a figure that uh, first off we should say like that's just a fantastic baseball name, mm-hmm. Jimmy Rattlesnake. Like who wants to go up against the Rattler, right? The and, smiling uh, Rattler course, to boot. The, yeah, exactly. And of course, me being from Medicine Hat uh, and the college there being uh, home of the Rattlers, uh, of course, I have some affection there. But mm-hmm. uh, no, I I, I think uh, what happened was his name had come up in some of the uh, research I'd done. Uh, one of the stories was the 1934 barnstorming tour of the American League uh, uh, All-Stars that came through Alberta and the rest of Western Canada on their way to Japan. So that was where I first kind of really took note of his name. And then I had uh, come across uh, his his bio and uh, information about him being inducted into the Wetaskiwin uh, Sports Hall of Fame because uh, he's, he's from that area, obviously. And uh, yeah, just a quite a remarkable figure, and uh, just one of the best pitchers in Western Canada, if not Canada, um, in the, in the in the 1930s and 1940s. It's amazing reading your story, and to think one about this mystical figure, so to speak, who is just baffling batters. The other part of it is he's a big draw. For every tournament he goes to, there are thousands of fans that are lining the the ball diamonds across Western Canada wanting to see and watch this phenom throw his, what was it, the sawdust ball? I mean, this is this guy was a coveted pitcher uh, across Western Canada. Yeah, it's funny that you referenced that, that sawdust ball because the, the Jimmy Rattlesnake has a certain mythology and, and legend about him that some of the stuff I'd, I'd catch a glimpse of, and then I was like, oh, that's interesting, and I couldn't quite verify it. And that sawdust ball is, is one of the things. It's even in his baseball reference uh, kind of bio, and none of the newspaper stories that I researched did I see a reference to, to that particular pitch, which isn't to say it didn't exist. It just uh, it wasn't uh, something I found in the research. So, mm-hmm. uh, But he, uh, yeah, I mean, he had a fantastic curveball, uh, left-handed pitcher, so uh, you know had that going for him, and uh, and a great fastball as well, and also played uh, would play the outfield here and there, capable hitter, capable fielder, like just an all-around uh, good good ball player. And from some accounts, he was scouted as well, and there was maybe a possibility of playing pro ball. He did have a year in the Pioneer League, I believe, um, but he just it seemed as though home was really where his heart was. Yeah, he really he really uh, made a name for himself in Alberta's uh, senior baseball circuit of that time. So played with, uh, broke through in that uh, at that level with uh, Edmonton, with the Royals. Uh, pitched for Wetaskiwin, which was closer to home for him. Pinoca, um, and and you know he routinely would uh, you know from the the reports on him would strike out. Uh, 10 plus batters uh, per game and just uh, was one of those guys who is uh, for, again, just from the newspaper accounts, you can tell he was uh, respected and, uh, and popular with the fans. As you, as you mentioned in your last question, that he was a draw. He, he drew like some games between 5,000 or, or 6,000 fans, which is, you know, even by today's standards, that's uh, that's a really, good turnout to watch uh, watch someone play ball and I think you can you know maybe that's not entirely attributable to, to Jimmy Rattlesnake but I think certainly you can attribute a, a lot of it 
to him. And I'm, I'm sure uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of his fans would have come out from Hobie Mar Reserve to to cheer him on and see what he could do. But he also just had uh, because he just was so good. He had uh, fans for the for the teams in the area that just wanted to see what he could do. From a reactionary standpoint to today uh, to this week's announcement around the or let me start that question over again. That's okay. When turning to today and thinking about the reaction, and obviously we knew that this induction was happening, but to be inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, there is that uh, mythology that comes along with it, and there is that lore that comes around with it. And I know you spoke with a few different people about what that name, Jimmy Rattlesnake, means to the baseball community. Um, You talked to Bill Humber, I know. You talked to Harold Northcott as well. What did they say about uh, Jimmy Rattlesnake, the ball player? Yeah, I, I think uh, so. From Bill Humber, so he's uh, he's one of the preeminent uh, baseball historians in the nation, and uh, himself uh, is a member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. And uh, basically, I was asking, you know, why, why, why did you choose uh, Jimmy Rattlesnake? Not not that there was anything outside of my own research that said uh, to, to the contrary, but uh, he just basically said, you know. From all accounts, this is a guy who uh, who was great. He was one of the best pitchers in the West. He was uh, sought after for these money tournaments all the time. Uh, he was selected to pitch in that uh, all-star game of American League uh, batters that I mentioned earlier. Uh, one of his training regimens for that game was actually throwing uh, uh, bales of hay into a threshing machine. So mm-hmm. you're the farm boy. I'll let you speak to whether that, that's a good uh warm-up technique or not but uh yeah and then in that game you know he he did okay like Heine Manoush who's a Hall of Fame uh, ball player homered off him and he lost that game nine to two but for the first I think it was the first three innings or so he kind of held his own so first time through the lineup uh they they couldn't really get to him too much so he Again, by all accounts, he he just uh, was was very good, well, very well sought after, and um, you know that was that was from from Humber's uh, viewpoint as well. Uh, and when I talked to Harold Northcott, uh, I spoke with him briefly. I didn't actually get a full interview with him, but he was uh, his his involvement in the story is he was a young boy who went to see um, Jimmy Rattlesnake pitch in Pinoca. And his dad was, uh, was a big fan of, of him. Harold, of course, was a, was a lefty himself, so his dad wanted him to emulate what uh, Jimmy Rattlesnake was doing. And one of the things that uh, Jimmy did very well uh, was, was a pickoff move to first, and he really wanted Harold to, to kind of learn that from, from Jimmy Rattlesnake. So... Um, so I think he had a legacy in that way, right? Mm. Of, of just players seeking him out and wanting to pitch like him. And that only happens with the best, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Ralph Vold was another uh, pitcher from the Pinoca area who went out to the Hobima Reserve and basically was like, hey, where's where's Jimmy Rattlesnake? I want him to show me the pitch grips that he's got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, And he actually connected with him, and I think Jimmy did uh, show him a thing or two. And and Vold went on to pitch in the minor leagues for I think it was seven years or so. So, uh, Baseball Canada ended up uh, naming the uh, Jimmy Rattlesnake Memorial Award, uh, bringing that into existence uh, for sportsmanship and outstanding play. Uh, so and he was recognized by the Alberta Baseball Association and their honor roll. 
there's a building named after him uh, on on what was the Hobima Reserve. Uh, so there's just all these accolades, uh, and as mentioned, the Wetaskiwin Sports Hall of Fame as well, recognizing him. So they don't just hand that stuff out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it was well earned uh, along the way. From a research perspective. How challenging is a story like this? Because not only are you dealing with uh, what can be a hit and miss proposition when it comes to the newspapers of the day and that kind of thing, but also from a memory perspective, because we're talking about three or four generations of people who have heard the stories and heard the folklore around it. And sometimes those stories can maybe change a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and you had, had spoken with uh, Jimmy's daughter, Phyllis and, you know, I'm, I'm sure she has she has memories related to to Jimmy as a father and and the person that he was. Um, but she might not know fully uh, as well what what he was capable of uh, on the diamond, or what she would have known might have been through friends or family or or very uh, you know limited uh, resources, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's it's. It can be challenging standing up a lot of those those stories that you hear, and it builds into that mythology that we spoke of and that legend. And, and one of them, the biggest one that I, I couldn't quite verify, and I'd love if any of our listeners know anything about about this, was the story that he was uh, indeed scouted by and went to spring training in New York. Uh, and from, I've read various accounts. One said it was the Brooklyn Dodgers. One said it was the New York Yankees. One said it was the New York Giants. I believe it probably would have been the New York Giants. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so did he have this tryout? Did he actually sign a contract? Did he play pro? Uh, all those things are kind of, they're in the midst of it. And, you know, you're, you're going back 80, 90 years. So it's it's tough to get get to the root of it sometimes with, with that. So mm-hmm. um, maybe one day we'll get into, I don't know, San Francisco Giants' uh memory banks and uh, see what they have on file and, and see if there's a file for Jimmy Rattlesnake somewhere. Mm. One of the things that's not up for debate clearly is the legend of Jimmy Rattlesnake. And as you, on a personal level, went through all of the research and started reading on this, what did you take away from him as a ball player, as a human being? And what do you think his legacy is? I think uh, first and foremost, uh, he was a, he was a, fantastic elite pitcher for a decade uh, or two. Uh, I don't think there was any doubting his talent, and you could see when it would be playoff series, he'd be uh, tabbed to pitch, you know, uh, three games in a five-game series. You know, he threw, I did find a record of him throwing a no-hitter. So I just think, you know, he was a great pitcher for one. Um, And one of the things that comes through is because, you know, we are talking about a, a... an indigenous player who, you know, you do see some language going back to the thirties and forties, of course, that is, uh, that is racist uh, Mm. to to say the least. But I've done some of the research on these stories before with black players and uh, some of it is really cringy. Some of it was with Jimmy Rattlesnake as well. Um, You know, uh, I won't get into specific references, but just language that we don't consider flattering today Mm -hmm. but i think even with that he you could tell that he was admired and revered and popular uh i I think there there was no you know i think if they really (laughs) 
if he really wasn't very good or if he, they really didn't like him, I think maybe those those racist overtones would have been even more pronounced. But uh, so I think that that kind of you, you kind of read between the lines there. It's always tough to say with that stuff. I'm sure he encountered all kinds of abuse uh, because of where he was from and who he was. But uh, but I think by and large the reflection in the in the accounts of the day are were, were positive and uh, reflecting someone who is just a, a damn good ball player and and a pretty what seemed to be a pretty good person as well. Absolutely. If you want to check out Ian's story, go to albertadugoutstories.com. We've pinned it to the very top because it is a well-deserving piece on a very, very well-deserving Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame legend, Jimmy Rattlesnake. Ian, thank you so much for all the work that you've done on this story. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Joe. Thanks again to Ian Wilson for sharing his insights and research into the career of Jimmy Rattlesnake. And a special thanks to Phyllis and Orrin Rattlesnake for sharing their stories and memories. And again, congratulations to the entire Rattlesnake family and all of the newest inductees into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, as well as the award winners, which include 2019 Tip O'Neill Award winner and Calgary's own Mike Soroka. Before we go, we want to once again give a massive shout-out to our Platinum supporters. The Okotoks Dogs recently unveiled their 2022 WCBL schedule, and season tickets are now on sale. Head to dogsbaseball.ca slash tickets for more information. An absolute human performance, a HP Academy is up and running in St. Albert and features some well-known Capital Region baseball coaches. Head to AbsoluteHumanPerformance.com for more. Until next time, thanks for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.